and welcome back, spooky friends. This is That Spooky Life, and I am your host, Miranda, and I am glad that you have joined us this week. We are going to talk about some spooky surprise, and we have part two of our dear friend, author Diana Brock, her story, uh, her tale of the visions. I believe it was... You want to listen to part one before you listen to this one. Episode 31 has Visions Part 1. This will be the follow-up. And I don't actually know where she stopped, so there may be another part, but don't hold me to that. I like to uh, react as I go, even though this particular story I was actually involved in, I just really appreciate her writing. So, we're going to dive right in. And my story for this week is... One that, you know, honestly, doing this podcast, I've run into a couple of things that I didn't really think about as spooky at the time because it's just my day-to-day life. But, you know, we're going on a year. We're close. We're going to have a huge celebration when we get to, you know, episode 50. And then I think episode 52 will be a year because it's every, every week. But... I've been plumbing the depths and I thought of thought of this story and I was just like, oh, well, that's normal. And then I was like, no, no. Okay. So if you live in the South, we've talked about this before. You're surrounded by the echoes of the Civil War at all times. Some of those are more physical echoes. Some of those are not physical echoes. Some of them are social echoes. Lots of them are social echoes. But Obviously, it left an imprint on the land in all places, and going up in the middle of it, at some point, it just becomes your normal. So I thought of this story and started to discard it, and then I was like, wait a minute. No, this is is actually like a legit experience that probably telling most people If they're from the South, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. And then people who may not be accustomed to living in such a haunted place, though I I would personally argue everywhere is haunted just in its own way, might be more freaked out if they didn't live in the middle of, you know, a Civil War battlefield at all times. So one of my dearest friends who I will refer to as Monkey because that is her nickname, and she is my platonic life mate. She and I used to live together for years and years and years, and we would go exercising, which typically entailed walking the dogs or exercising in some fashion, usually hiking, because we liked being, you know, in the out of doors. And while I prefer nighttime, most places like that close at nighttime, so I would bear the wrath of the burning day star and go climb a mountain with my wifey. So there was a particular location when we were living closer to Atlanta that she discovered doing God's only know what research or stumbled upon it from something else. And it is Kennesaw Mountain. Kennesaw Mountain was a huge battlefield and site of a lookout for the Civil War. But it's also now a very lovely park and has very well-maintained and safe 
walking trails, both through the woods around the mountain or up over. So we've done them all. I believe I've done them all. I've done at least a, a grand majority of them. I've gone around and I've gone up and over both ways. So we were there. I, I don't remember if it was the first time or the second time, but we were going a little bit of a different path than I remember being our norm. And we're just walking, walking along, going through the woods and it's lovely. And we come, it sort of like goes downhill a little bit and you kind of have to like jog because it's, it's not graveled. It's just, you know, beaten down loam and, and dirt and stuff. And so we kind of did our like, you know, little two step to get down and then it opens up from having trees on either side to a clearing and a fairly sizable field. It was probably a bigger field at some point, but has become overgrown, etc. And, uh, I hear what sounded like fireworks to my modern American brain. And I like startled and looked around and there's nobody around us. Nobody around us. And then I realized I was like, that was awful fucking big to be fireworks. It sounded more like a cannon. Wait. I look, sort of glance to my left. And of course, there's nothing super obvious. My physical eyes see nothing, but like, there's flashes here and there. And then I heard another like softer one, like further away. And that one could have actually been fireworks. But I find that Monkey is watching me and she grins. She was like, yeah, that happens sometimes. And I was like, what do you mean that happens sometimes? She's like, look, I know that you're the ookie spooky sees the ghosty bits and the incorporeal types, but even I hear things occasionally walking through here and there is a vibe. And sometimes I think I see someone out of the corner of my eye or standing just beyond the trees and it's broad daylight. And I turn to look and there's no one there. So if I'm picking up on this, I completely forgot to warn you wifey. And I'm very sorry. And sure enough, there was a surprise battlefield. I had known that there were some stuff in and around Kennesaw Mountain, and I knew that there were cannons on top of the mountain, but I didn't consider the fact that there would be like skirmishes on the not mountain trail around the mountain itself. I've just said the mountain a lot. Now it feels like a weird, weird word to me. So mountain. Mountain. Anyway. We continued on down this path, and I don't remember exactly why we strayed, but, or, or maybe it was just like a cut through to another path or something like that, but there are actual residential houses back there, so we were attempting to not trespass while we were trying to find whatever we were looking for, and I know that uh, Monkey's dog was just having the time of his life and searching for something, and he was a big old doge. Um, 110-pound black Labrador, so if he wanted to go somewhere, we could stop him, but man, it took a lot of effort. And I just remember he was sniffing around and I was, I was keeping my eyes out. It was tall brown grass because it was the time of year that we could actually wear a hoodie to go walking and not sweat our skin off. And I remember seeing two men standing at the top of the hill, like in my peripheral. And I had been so keyed up. It's like, okay, no trespassing, no trespassing. There's a walking trail through here. We'll follow the walking trail it's okay, like, so on and so forth. And then I see two guys standing at the top of the hill, 
just watching down over us. And I was like, oh, they're probably making sure we're not trespassing. And I turned to look and I was going to do the Southern thing. I was going to smile and wave and be like, hey, y'all, just to show that we weren't there being shady. We weren't trying to be sneaky or anything like that. And I turned to look and I get my hand halfway up and there's nobody there. And I'm like, you know what? And twice, it's twice already today. And that's, it's not cool. I'm, I'm really tired of being like surprised. I've lived here my whole life. I should expect these things. But like, it was a very strong visual, like a very, very strong visual. And to be perfectly honest, at the time I was working long hours, I was juggling a couple of things. I didn't have a whole lot of time and my exercise time, while it was hangout time with, with my wifey and time to relax and unwind and get that extra energy out. I wasn't honestly seeing a lot of things. Like I wasn't super sensitive at the time. I'd kind of shut some of it, like I'd shielded and shut some of it down. Because if I needed to lay down and go to sleep, I needed to lay down and go to sleep for, you know, the four to six hours I may be doing it. So it was additionally jarring because I wasn't looking. I was accustomed to being, you know, shielded, shut down at the time. And it, it came through anyway, because they were that strong impressions. And we didn't, we didn't run across terribly many intelligent hauntings. Most of them are residual. That kind of energy leaves an impact. And if you're even remotely sensitive, you're going to pick up on stuff like that. But those two gents at the top of the hill were absolutely watching us. They were absolutely intelligent. And they had probably absolutely died less than 100 yards from where we were. So it was just jarring. However, I will say that if you ever get a chance to hike, Kennesaw Mountain. It is an absolutely lovely park and area, and I have never felt anything but safe there. Going up the mountain the front ways is unkind. Be in shape. I know I have a few friends who would probably love to do it that way because it's not rock climbing. You don't need to have gear or anything like that, but there's a couple of pretty steep ups on that one, and it is uh, not for the out of shape. There is a slightly kinder way going up the backside of the mountain that is less of a steep incline, or you can just walk all the way around it. But you have a lot of history out there. It's beautiful scenery. There's a part on the backside when you're climbing up that there's all of these big stones and it's like moss on stones and trees growing between them. And it honestly feels like the march to try and save Merry and Pippin in the two towers. And every time we go through there, it just it feels like Lord of the Rings and it's the best. However, I will say up top, when you finally get to the area where a lot of the monuments and the cannons and things are, it's pretty impressive that they got it up there. That's, um, that was a lot of work to get some cannons up there. And it's less, it's less haunted feeling up there because there's such a release of energy when anybody finally makes it up the mountain or, you know, you're going up for, for the, the history purposes, but like also it's still a hike. It's not like Lookout Mountain where you can just take a cable car up. Like if you get to the top of Kennesaw Mountain, you're walking it. There's usually such a release and a sense of accomplishment that the energy of the living up there is far more prevalent than the energy of the dead. There's an air of respect from the living. There 
is again that release and excitement of accomplishment and like i made it to the top of the mountain now i can look at the cannons i felt that myself so the haunted feeling at least during the day and i never have and since the park is closed probably never will be up there at night at least during the day if you make it to the top of the mountain it doesn't feel quite as haunted as the surrounding areas and it's a beautiful view you can actually see from plant bowen in cartersville on one side all the way to stone mountain on the other side and that is a really long way and it is really cool to be able to see those things standing on top of that but Kennesaw Mountain, surprise battlefield, wasn't fireworks, and there was nobody watching us to make sure we weren't trespassing. They were just watching us and incorporeal in their own right. Definitely, if you get a chance, I would say check it out if you are in the Atlanta area. It is a great hike, but beware. Learn from my mistakes. Do not be surprised if you hear cannon fire (laughs) echoing. You know, stay on the trail. Be respectful. And that is my spooky story for the week. Need a little pick-me-up? Does something feel off in your very soul? Ariana Magpie is a small business that mixes aromatherapy and crystal healing. Run by lifetime practitioner and spiritual cleaner Astrid, Ariana Magpie specializes in custom aromatherapy candles charged with hand-selected crystals to achieve their most potent energetic effect to benefit your daily life. As a customer, I can speak to the quality, care, and focus that Astrid puts into each creation, be it seasonal or personalized. Check her out on Instagram at A-I-R-Y-A-N-N-A, Ariana, Magpie13, or for more information, email her at arianamagpie at gmail.com. Don't forget to mention that you were sent from the spooky side. Karen Fortenberry thought all of her dreams had come true when she fell in love with writer James Carter. However, as their wedding date nears, she learns that her dreams may actually be her worst nightmares come true. To find out what happens, check out Achievement by Possession by author Diana Brock over at Abernathy Books. Abernathy Books features supernatural suspense thrillers of author Diana Brock, available in digital, audio, and traditional paperback formats. Personally, my favorite to date is Seal Evil the Nine Gates. I got the audiobook and could not stop listening. So, check her out on Facebook or on Amazon for your preferred format and get drawn in today. Abernathy Books and author Diana Brock. Our listener story for the week comes from, as I mentioned, author Diana Brock. And this is part two in the vision series that is something that I was partially counsel, privy to. I experienced quite a bit of this, though it started before my involvement. And again, episode 41 has the first part if you want to listen to that first. However, we're going to dive right in. And it is titled... More Than Visions, Spiritual Awakenings. Diana writes, The activity at the dumpster had picked up. 
Astrid found herself in one unnerving situation after another at that particular work site. In a place where she once felt uneasy, she now felt fear, and at this point our friendship was well established. Therefore, she shared her fears, and I shared my reoccurring visions with her. I told her the key points about being unarmed, and the slight budding of the small trees telling her I believed it would be early spring. We were certain that the demon dumpster was the site where she would be assaulted, and it would be that demon to do it. At that point, it was time to share with Miranda. We needed validation, and more than anything, we needed the inside of another sensitive. Ooh, and when they told me this for the first time, y'all, I was like, Buh. I, I don't, I don't do a lot of floaty boat stuff. I, I have my own personal spiritual practice and belief, and I respect those of others. But my first, I was, I was raised Methodist, and my first reaction to hearing this story the first time, I was like, call a priest. Like, you need somebody Catholic, you need somebody who believes in exorcism, and that dumpster needs to be exercised. Uh-uh. And y'all remember the story. Let's see. What episode was that? The Demon Dumpster. I want to say it was episode 14, Demons, Demons, and Demons. I believe it's in that one. Either way, y'all know that story, the... Uh-uh. Nope. Hated it. Hated everything about it. So, they tell me about all this. Back to Diana's writing. While we racked our brains, our very souls trying to figure out how to save Astrid and how to defeat this demon that threatened her, another event began to unfold. I have mentioned before that I have only began to accept my gifts, embrace the fact that there was more to me than being sensitive to the spirit world. As I began to practice more, learn more, the magic inside of me began to awaken. As a moon child, finding the height of my strength with the full moon, I noticed that I could see more, I could hear more, and I could feel more. My senses were in overdrive, and they caused my energy to burn out quickly. I was exhausted, but I could not sleep. I found myself staying awake until I physically could not hold my eyes open anymore, but it wasn't the energy burn alone that caused this. I was exhausted because I forced myself to stay awake to keep my new visitor away. Oh, yeah, this. One night, I had fallen asleep and been asleep for maybe an hour or two when I heard someone yell at me. I immediately opened my eyes. The voice was female, and my first thought was that my neighbor who lived alone may have had an emergency. When I opened my eyes to the darkness of my room, I was immediately startled by someone standing in my room. There was a woman there, and she was unlike any spirit I'd encountered before. Instead of a hazy silhouette, she was solid, like living, breathing, human, solid. She was dressed in a long brown cloak with a hood and dark hair nearly black. Still, I was no stranger to the spooky side, and I knew how to handle unwanted visitors in my own home. I looked at her and stated firmly, You do not belong here. You are not welcome here, and you have to leave now. Given the fact that this spirit had just scared the ever-loving shit out of me, I was far from nice, far from quiet. She raised her head slowly and she smiled at me. But this smile wasn't a pleasant one at all. However, it wasn't malicious either. To me, her smile said, 
if you say so. I'll indulge you, for now. Within the blink of the eye, within a blink of an eye, she was gone, and so was any desire I had for sleep. I then realized that I had spoken full volume, and my husband, who is the lightest sleeper I know, hadn't moved at all. I got out of bed, grabbed my phone, and went into my living room, texting my coven as I walked. I shared the story, and thankfully Astrid was awake to begin sorting through this crazy experience with me. When morning came, Miranda caught up on the conversation. That's me. Given how present this visitor had been, my friends were eager to help me get to the bottom of it, something that I was grateful for as I had not experienced anything like this in my adult life. It was evident that something spooky interesting was going on with me, especially when the dream happened. And that is where she leaves it off again. Ugh! You're so good at cliffhangers. I love it. Oh, even though I lived it, I'm just sitting here going, oh, I remember that. That was that was terrifying. Ugh! I remember when I woke up and saw, like, the explanation of uh, of the what had happened the next morning, I was like, oh, sweet, no. Heck no. Because, you know, we discussed how we see apparitions and the disembodied and things like that. It's like she said, it's like a fuzzy after image or like a silhouette or something like that. If I woke up and there was just a person, just a, a person standing in my room. Oh, oh no. I would wake up the whole damn neighborhood. I'd be like, hell no. Out, out damn spot. Like full on Lady Macbeth. I will say that night, and I know I've shared this story, but the, the night that I was going to sleep and turned off my phone and right as the last vestiges of light were on my phone, I basically saw a hand like wave in my face. <laughs> it was a, it was a similar experience because that was a corporeal hand. I swear it was. There was no one in the room with me. And I believe I woke up my mother who was sleeping on the couch because it was during quarantine. Because I was like, hell no up and out of the bed, out of the room. I was, mm, it was a bad time. So if it had been like a full body, that was just a hand, like a full body. And then just smiling and be like, I right, for now, I'd have been like, bitch, no. So yeah, I look forward to seeing how the rest of this story is written out because I am, you're making us sound so cool. I love it. We sound like super awesome and stuff. Fighting demons and dumpsters and full body apparitions. Like, yes. Love it. So thank you, Diana, for writing this up. And uh, I can't wait. And I'm sure our our lovely Spooky Squad friends listening also can't wait for the uh, the remaining parts to come. So that is our listener story for the week. So our witchy tip for the week is kind of relevant to the last couple of episodes. Actually, it's applicable to everything. I'm going to present it in a spooky context because it can be very important. But like, it's also just very important overall in life. Talking about having, setting, maintaining, and understanding your healthy boundaries. It was something in life that I had to learn the hard way. I love connecting with people. I love meeting new people. I love making friends. And I love that moment of, oh, me too. We have similar interests and share something. And just the vibe that occurs is something I, I genuinely thrive in. And so 
when I lived in the middle of nowhere and would only come into town ever so often, I had this, this craving for it. And so I ended up getting into a lot of crap friendships and putting faith and time and energy and trust into a bunch of people who didn't deserve it. And while obviously 97% of those have fallen away and the remaining 3% that I'm still friends with, I got lucky and they weren't crap friendships. Boundaries has been a very hard life lesson for me. And most people think, oh, well, you know, I know what my boundaries are. And I, I knew some boundaries that I had. I understood other people's boundaries. If, if someone expressed a boundary, I was happy to respect it and had no issue with it. I had less issue with it than some people that I knew, because oftentimes when you express a boundary in a situation, some people will kind of shame you for it and treat you like you're being a jerk, when in reality, you're just expressing a need and a boundary. And that's fine. And I was was raised, if someone says no, no means no. If someone says, I'm not comfortable with that, you say, all right, thank you very much for letting me know. And you don't do it. You know, I was raised to respect other people's boundaries. I was also raised to express my own boundaries. And I did so on the occasion that I had them. I had some boundaries that were really far out. Like you could not even look at them without me going, nope, nope, nope. Then I had some that were way too close to non-existent. And finding that happy medium, I'm in my 30s now and I'm still figuring some of it out. But I'm much better than I used to be. And that's not something that I thought about actively for a very long time until I started having apparitions and things like that show up in my room while I'm trying to sleep at night and things like that. And I had to learn how to be like, okay, I don't mind if people talk to me, but you're not allowed between these hours and you're not allowed to be pushy or break anything. And I would think about it for a little while, like a, a day or two to a couple of weeks maybe, and then it would fall off and it would start happening again. Because boundaries are something that you, you tend to think about, you tend to need to think about for there to be energy there and that, and it's okay to express them, which was a lot of my problem is I felt like when I expressed boundaries to people, people, living people, people would give pushback because they're going to push back on your boundaries because if they were doing something that crosses those, obviously they want to do that thing and you have to stand firm. So sometimes that sparks conflict. And so those behaviors that I had learned that were unhealthy for me tended to apply to uh, the disembodied and the dead as well. And that wasn't that that's not good. So I tended to be very knee-jerk reactive and just be like, no, 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 and push everything out because I did not have healthy boundaries set. Well, I learned, and we talked about ancestors recently, I learned that a good way to do that and sort of it helped me learn how to mitigate and get not, not boundaries that were too harsh or too far out from me, but also not too close, etc., was setting up my ancestor altar and inviting my ancestors and those energies into my home to help me regulate. So that if there was something staring from my porch through the front window, I could be like, you're going to have to back your ass up to the street. Otherwise, my grandmother's going to come in here and smoke you. Like, done had did done smoke. 
But as much as it is a personality, energetic thing for me, the more I learn how to erect, recognize, and maintain healthy boundaries, I see a lot of people around me day to day that either aren't aware like I once was or don't know that that these things take time consideration and maintenance and it's one of those things that colloquially I'd be like oh you know I feel a lot better about it I wasn't the only one but it actually makes me feel worse because if a majority of the world is going through their lives not understanding how to maintain boundaries you know no wonder there's there's so many unhappy people at Walmart you know if if somebody invades your personal space to grab something and you're the one that's like excuse me that that was rude and then they treat you like you're the jerk when you're just like you literally like brushed my side reaching for something that's that's rude and it's a boundary crossing i mean i don't think i have enough time to get fully profound with this but honestly i think expression and maintenance and understanding of healthy boundaries and i just want to teach everybody what i learned because life has been so much better both spiritually spookily mundanely since i've been learning how to set and maintain healthy boundaries and it takes a lot of being honest with yourself it takes a lot of that that nasty shadow work sometimes looking at the ugly bits and going well that that sure is me Ooh, all right, let's see what we can do about this. And, you know, integrating what's useful and working away what is not. Reclaiming your mental and emotional and psychic power in so doing. And, you know, you can maintain spirits better, but you can also juggle people better. And if I, if there was one thing that I would love to teach the world is mercy kindness and how to set up recognize and maintain healthy boundaries and that is my witchy tip and also i will now put away my soapbox for the week however thank you to diana for sending part two of our vision series i look forward to part three and i know at least with how long this took to experience there will probably be more than just three parts but we'll see she may surprise me i don't know if you have a spooky story that you would like to share please send it to thatspookylifepodcast at gmail.com. I have gotten a few recently that I am very excited to share with you guys. I have a couple of episodes set up out the gate already. I'm a couple of weeks ahead with some writing because I had so many listener stories come in and I'm so excited about it. So stay tuned. We've got some really cool, spooky, scary, crazy banana stuff coming up and I'm very excited. If you don't care to email, you can also hit me up on Instagram at that spooky life podcast. Follow me. I share links and silly stuff there. Spooky stuff. I found an actual factual picture of me that's like a shadow with like white glowing eyes. You should check it out. It's funny. But if you want to hit me up there, I will also accept stuff there for the moment. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, loving all the feedback, loving talking to you guys. You you are my people. I adore you. So, 
that's going to do it for this week. I hope that you guys are all doing well and being kind to each other and staying spooky because you know, my dearest, darlingest, spookiest people friends, until we speak next week and share this lovely camaraderie through the weird little in-between into which we slide, I do have a reminder for you that you must always, at all times, keep living that spooky life, my friends, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.